0: This is the Norris Group's Real Estate Investor Radio Show, the award winning show dedicated to thought leaders shaping the real estate industry and local experts revealing their insider tips to succeed in an ever changing real estate market. Hosted by author, investor, and hard money lender, Bruce Norris.
1: Welcome back to the Norris Group Real Estate Radio Show. This week, we continue with Mark Delatour, CEO and founder of SBD Housing Solutions. So, here's a good question. In 2000, I mean, you had trustee sales decline from 2001 to 2007, but then they exploded in 2009 to say 2012. Yes. That doesn't mean they were worth going to. You might have had REOs uh, way cheaper than your opening bid. So I'm just curious, did you during that cycle, did you end up finding more deals as REOs and short sales as you did as the, at the courthouse steps?
0: No, it comes back to my uh, mile deep. That was a massive opportunity for me at that time. Um, so, the answer is um, a small fraction we got as REOs and MLS. They were still um, getting multiple bids, but we would show up at the courthouse steps and, and just have one or two people. So, um, you know, that was where we were getting home run deals. Um, quite frankly, could have just taken them from there, put them on the MLS and, and made money. But, um, you know, we pivoted. And that's kind of where the turnkey provider mentality came from because at the time uh you know as you know when the market tanks the one of the first things to dry up is um financing to you know to uh to flippers and and um you know the banks were no longer lending to us um in the same capacity and really shriveled up pretty quickly you know, real estate single family was kind of a uh, four letter word inside the banking community. So we needed capital. And, and so one of the ways I did that was went back to, um, you know, people that had seen me do what I was doing, had heard the stories about the home runs I was getting on the courthouse steps and said, Hey, if ever you, you know, can find me a deal, let me know. Mm-hmm. And so I started saying, Hey, banks aren't lending to me, but there's still deals. And I know how to buy and rehab and manage. Um, how about we uh, build you a portfolio? And so I just got a few really good buyers and, and expanded that that base. And so now, you know, to this day, we've been uh, kind of steady to that task of buying a house, rehabbing it, get it rented out, and then selling it to our investor, um, you know, as a turnkey done for you uh, portfolio. And some of our investors are up where they have, you know, 40, 50, 60 homes um, that in their portfolio that have they've been buying since 2010, uh, until today and just continue to, uh, change their family tree by investing in, in single family.
1: That's a, that's a pretty amazing thing. And especially since they didn't have to locate the property, didn't have to have the experience to fix it. And it probably changes what you can, the amount of homes you can buy. You're not necessarily having to resell everything. Uh, or have a margin, let's say, as a if you were buying it to fix it to sell it in the marketplace, you have a ready willing buyer. I just think it's probably it's one of those business models that, uh, are, is very sustainable because you've got a clientele that's not trying to, trying to chase deals. They're trying to chase inventory. They have no access to getting it there themselves,
0: and You're they want to right. No, they that's one long term. Yep. No, that you're exactly right. That's one of the things that I think um, gives me comfort um, in any of these, you know, times where we, we don't quite know what's coming down the pipeline is that if we stick to our model of buying homes, you know, $240,000 and, you know, between 100000 and $240,000 in, in uh, the Midwest, there'll always be, you know, quality rental homes that we can sell to an investor base. So, we're kind of cheating. We kind of already sold the asset as soon as we buy it, Bruce.
1: No, it's great. It's a very smart it's a very smart business model, and it's nice that it's a smart decision on the, on the uh, part of the buyer that buys it from you. When 2009 happened, I recall having lunch with a gentleman named Mike Cantu, a very successful real estate investor. And since I had seen it coming, I had gotten out of harm's way. And the first 10 minutes of lunch was talking about all of the people in our lives that were caught off guard and that were devastated and all that. And then the next 50 minutes were just about, hey, how are you doing? Because our world was different because we had sustainable rents. We had our monthly nut covered. And that's a big deal, you know, to be able to provide that for people in a system where they can do that on their own. A lot of them. See, what's interesting about your client is most of them not, are not really into real estate. They're, no, they're in real estate. That yep, yeah, yep. that's, that's yeah. an interesting thing.
0: Yeah, no, our our ideal client is, you know, dentist, doctor, lawyer, accountant, someone that's, you know, making good money and thinking, man, is the stock market really worth the gamble? Why am I putting all my faith in this roller coaster ride and living and dying by having to watch CNBC all the time to see if we're going up and down? Um, (laughs) Look, there's a time and a place for the stock market, but I believe that the, you know, the benefits of cash flow, depreciation and appreciation um, that you can get from, Real estate and of course leverage, you know, being the fourth wonderful component of real estate, um, you know, is is why I'm encouraging a lot of investing activity, um, you know, in through our our office and trying to get people to deleverage from the the vagaries and the and the risk of the stock market, understanding that real estate can be done. The reason it hasn't been done, I think, quite frankly, um, our real estate industry that you and I operate in, Bruce, has done a poor job of catering to high income, high net worth individuals that want to get into real estate. It's always been a, you've got to hassle with go and find the, you know, the deal or go find a realtor that, you know, and everyone's a realtor, right? So, you know, get a realtor that may find you a deal, may not. And then as soon as the transaction closes, then they leave you at the altar. And then you've got to go find construction people to rehab the house. Then you've got to find a property management company. And they do one or two of these and they think, oh my gosh, real estate's not for me, this is a nightmare. Um, and so, yeah, there's been a revolution, turnkey revolution of people that are providing this um, done for you product um, that when properly managed, again, it's one thing to just sell someone a house. It all comes down to property management. You've got to have in-house property management that, that uh, offsets the two big killers of cash flow, which of course, you know, kill any real estate transaction, which are vacancy and maintenance. But if you can control vacancy and maintenance, real estate is a pretty profitable venture.
1: A lot of that too has to do with what you've chosen to buy, right? Where you've chosen to buy it. So location has a lot to do with the, the hassle you're about to experience.
0: No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. And where, Mark, where, where are you guys buying everything right now? So we're in uh, Kansas and Missouri. Uh, we're also in uh, Alabama and uh, looking at opening up markets um, in Tennessee and Arkan, Northwest Arkansas, around where the Walmart and uh, Tyson... Uh, plants are. So yeah, just in the Midwest, um, we tried and failed. Uh, you know we've, we've kind of scraped our knees and, and elbows in a few areas. Uh, we we're up in the Quad cities market up in Iowa and Illinois. Um, you know anytime we go into a new market, we always um, do it ourselves first before we sell an uh, inventory to an investor. We want to make all the mistakes so that our investors don't have to. And so we went up there and uh, boy, the bureaucratic red tape in that little town up there was too much to overcome, unfortunately. And, you know, when you have to wait a month for an inspector to come inspect the electrical, it just, to your point, I think we were talking earlier, Bruce, it's just sometimes, you know, the supply chain and the labor constraints are such that getting very difficult for the actual construction work to get done. And we ended up having to pull out. So we did um, 10 properties up there barely broke even and said, that's enough for us. And we're going to move on to other areas where we're having great success in in those markets I mentioned.
1: Yeah. But how great that you're willing to stub your toe and not other people's toe.
0: Well, I think that's the whole benefit of of investing through someone else is, you know, we we are the experts in the market, you know, and that's why we like working with people that have no knowledge of real estate is because, hey, you know, who better to, you know, we don't want to say, hey, what color paint do you want or what street you want to buy on? We are the experts. We've done the the due diligence to know that what we're proposing to our clients are just quality rental properties and good markets that will stand the test of time. And then it just comes down to executing on the property management.
1: Yeah. So hence the title of your book, Mistake-Free Real Estate.
0: Mistake free real estate. Yeah, we've made all the mistakes so that others don't have to. Yeah, it's very much tongue in cheek, right? I mean, clearly, there's a million mistakes to make in real estate. I've pretty much made most of them um, over the the 20 years that I've been investing in real estate. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think we're at an age now where collaboration over competition um, is kind of our, our mantra, you know, understanding that real estate is a, a crockpot business, not a microwave business. We're not telling people they're going to get rich overnight, but they can certainly get wealthy over time.
1: You know what's interesting? It, it real estate is a fit for my personality too, because I don't like to watch. I've I've invested in stocks on occasion. I and even though if I don't have enough money to worry about, I, I pay attention to the price like six times a day. <laughs> and when I own a house, I don't or a trust deed, I I don't look at it at all. I don't, you know, that's not why I own it. It's just a, a different mentality for me. So it is a good fit.
0: Yeah, and once you get to scale, um, you know we teach our investors to scale with leverage and then start powering down debt. And I think once you get to over ten houses, um, certainly over twenty, you don't even notice vacancy and maintenance are just two little line items in a in a monthly P and L, and you get extremely steady cash flow. So those of our investors that have got over twenty homes, they're just like, gosh, sign me up. Just you know, anytime you send them a new deal, they're oh great, thanks so much. You know, uh-huh. sign me up for another one um, because they understand the benefits of of that that long term appreciation. And my goodness, I mean, you know, I know that, you know, we've had 12 years of a bull market, but still real estate has just outperformed. It's been crazy.
1: Yeah, it's been a great run. Um, Do you have a favorite real estate trainer? Favorite
0: real estate trainer? Um, I would go with um, probably Steve Trang, Uh, certainly helps out a lot of our um, local uh, acquisitions agents here at SBD Housing. Uh, John Martinez is another guy out of Springfield, Missouri um, that is uh, really good in the, in the real estate space. Um, I've recently expanded my operation into apartment, uh, buying apartment complexes. And I do that through a partnership with uh, one of my mentors, Corey Peterson, uh, with Kahuna Investments. And Corey and I are buying apartment complexes. And so in the multifamily space, he's certainly been someone that I look to for, for guidance and wisdom, for sure.
1: Okay. What about outside of the real estate world, any uh, influential mentor outside of the real estate world?
0: So I'm a guy that um, reads a lot. And one, sometimes people, sometimes I have mentors and they don't even know it. So I think my most recent one in that regard would be Keith Cunningham. Okay, um, The Road Less Stupid is a phenomenal book. Um, I actually, I I'm always read my books, but occasionally I'll download the audio if I've got a long uh, car ride. And my goodness, just at the end of every chapter. Have you read the book,
1: Bruce? No, but I'm about to.
0: Oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. <laughs> so, as a bus- he just talks in general about business ownership. He does technically have a little bit of a real estate background. He dabbled in real estate, I think, in the Phoenix area. I say dabbled. He had a big real estate company, but I think he owns multiple companies. But Keith's um, actually claimed to fame. Well, I think he was the, the rich dad that inspired Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, um, or at least had some collaboration along those lines. But uh, you know, Keith ends every chapter by saying, "Now go think. You'll thank me later." Meaning, it's easier to do than to think. Sometimes slowing down to think about something, and I think you could appreciate this because you're a guy that likes data and charts. Sometimes, if you slow down and think before you act, um, you know, good things happen. And he's a guy that has written, I think it's a 57 chapter book called "The Road Less Stupid." And uh, kind of similar to Mistake for Real Estate, where I've made all the mistakes. I think he's made a lot of mistakes and is just telling people how to avoid them. But very influential book that I constantly go back to. Um, and then I would be remiss also if I didn't mention, um, I do have a CEO coach and mentor, Daniel Marcos. Um, he is the CEO of Growth Institute. And Daniel and I have, uh, you know, a call just every other week. Um, he keeps me on point. Um, I bounce any ideas off him um he's been instrumental in 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 my growth as a, as a leader now that i've kind of elevated to a ceo position um he certainly helped in and uh you know has been um a blessing for me in the, over the last uh, 12 months
1: how have you avoided the hard money loan business
0: you mean as a lender yeah you know um <laughs> I think it's probably uh something I should have got into. Um you know I certainly understand that you know selling I guess it's because as a turnkey provider we're not we don't really have those relationships with you know other fix and flippers. You know we were the guys that were doing it ourselves. Um I've got deep banking relationships that that we use on our own and so I've always had the 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 sale on the back end secured by my turnkey provider. Right. If I was selling to um investors you know, I certainly would have seen the light. I know a lot of friends that are um, in hard money. Um, you know, with with guys that are lining up to not only buy the inventory from them, um, but also um, the hard money. So, yeah, because we don't wholesale, uh, that's probably one of the reasons that we've avoided it. But um, I love the business model. Um, you know, clearly the money's in the money, and and um, you know, I, I guess I would say um, I'm still a young guy. There's still time, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, some of the stuff you get involved in is, it seems quite accidental, honestly. That's the journey for me. It seemed like that, you know, I, I never intended to teach that was accidental. And, uh, I never intended to be in a hard money loan business and that sort of it just it's kind of domino it's been a it's been a great journey though it's been a yeah I think
0: real life. estate offers you a great variety it's just you know it's pivotal to so many different industries between mortgage and title and lending and and uh, appraisals and inspections I mean there's just so many variables property management um yeah uh, I think it's a, a wonderful segue for people to expand and, and grow their
1: options Collective genius'll we'll kind of wrap up with this what when did you was after your trustee sale uh, business sort of got depleted by the, the course of things, auction.com and so forth. So what did Collective Genius uh, have to offer you that really has made an impact?
0: Yeah, so I'll back up and say it was actually before that, thankfully. Um, so I joined in 2016, um, business going well, buying north of 100 houses a year on the courthouse steps. Um, and again, you know, people are put in your life at a time. Um, I think when the, the pupil is ready, uh, the, the master appears and Jason Medley, uh, the founder of collective genius called me up one day from a referral and he was just speaking my language. He understood that I was just, um, a lonely entrepreneur on an Island. I don't know if you've ever felt this way, Bruce, but I was weighted down with, um, you know the the burden of having to be a funnel of top down decision making because i did not have any process or systems or procedures i'm 100% visionary um, i struggle with implementation of accountability and systems and procedures obviously i did it but the more you scale and grow doing it with two or three people that report to you is different than doing it with a you know organization of 35 employees and so jason spoke to me in a language that that i was just relieved that someone could relate to what I was going through. And so I went and investigated and suddenly found a group of peers. And now collective genius is, it's an insurance policy. It's my lifeline. It's uh, who I turned to when COVID hit because you, know, you have the best real estate minds, guys that are uh, flipping, you know, all of them are flipping over hundred, some of them 500 homes a year. Some, I think there's a guy that's wholesaling, you know, 10,000 homes a year um, in this community. And so you have the biggest minds of self storage of fix and flip wholesalers, um, turnkey providers, property managers, all in the same community from different marketplaces that all come in with uh, the idea that you drop your ego at the door and you're there to help each other survive and thrive and protect yourself from from what's coming. Uh, hey, what are your wins? What are your losses? How can you learn and grow together? So um, I was in there in the room and, and I was seeing obviously what I kind of do is pay attention to the people that are operating on the coasts. Um, I think we have a mutual friend and Phil green, who's a part of the group. Yep. Um, and he operates down in San Diego and, you know, if Phil was kind of, you know, feeling a little bit of a shudder in the market. I would pay attention because I knew that that shutter would come, you know, start heading East and would hit uh, Kansas city soon enough. And so those are the relationships that I now value. Uh, we spend, um, one week every quarter together. Um, we come into a room and, and uh, have keynote speakers such as yourself, but more importantly, we, we present on something that's going really well in the business and we ask for help uh, with something that we're struggling with. And that allows the veil of pride and ego to be dropped so that you can actually say, hey, with hum- humility, here's what I need help with, who's an expert in this field? And you know, without, without any doubt, there's always someone that either is doing well or knows someone that's doing well that can help you stumble um, from stumbling and get back onto the road of prosperity. Um, Daniel Marcos, my coach, talks about the valleys of death, meaning every time you're growing and scaling, it's not lineal, but it's you have these valleys of death that you have to get through. And I always find that when you're going through one of those valleys of death, whether it be with an acquisition strategy or sales or HR or property management or um, you know rehab, there's always someone in the community that has been there, done that. And surrounding yourself with like-minded, um, smart individuals is a way to kind of fast track yourself to get through those valleys of death.
1: Do most of the members sign up year after year?
0: Oh, the longevity of the group is something that you don't see in typical masterminds. Yes, is the answer to that question. So I've been in there um, six years now, um, going on seven, and have now been elevated onto a leadership position on that uh, on the, in that group, um, but I am not even one of the most veteran. Um, there's probably at least twenty people that have been in there uh, longer than six years, and I think the average life cycle of a mastermind group is typically around two years. You get in, you learn, you get out. Right. Um, but no, it's it's massive um, lift. There's a lot of because there's community there, and there's value that's coming every single uh, every single time. So um, yes, there's a there is strong longevity in the in the mastermind group itself.
1: That's fantastic. Mark, you talked about um, the places that you guys are in, and they weren't exactly migration hubs in the country. Is it, is it the, the price point, or what is it that keeps you in those markets and not you know, going Florida or Texas or Idaho, places like that?
0: Texas is taxes. Um, Idaho's price. Um, what you'll find is that it actually, they do have positive migration. They're the sleepy ones under the radar, Joe. It's a great question. Um, but what we're looking for is not your top twenty um, metropolitan areas. We're looking for obviously cheap land, but with inflated rents. Um, you know the old one percent rule has kind of flown out the window. It's it's very rare now that you can actually buy a house of quality um, that you can get a thousand dollars a month of rent for a hundred thousand dollar house. Um, but we're probably somewhere hovering around the you know point eight seven to point nine, where you would get for a hundred thousand dollar house, you might get you know eight. Seventy or nine hundred dollars a month, so we're we're still pretty close, and they cash flow significantly better than in those other markets. Um, we did operate down in Florida; we had a division down there, um, and we still have a few rentals, um, but we're not actively buying in Florida, um, uh, just because it's extremely challenging on the buy side to make something cash flow as a you know five hundred thousand dollar rental home. Yeah, you know, we look to deliver um, cap rates in in the sevens to our investors between six and seven percent cap rate, um, oftentimes up to 7.3%, seven point three, seven point four, um, so really strong returns. Um, and we just can't replicate that in these in um, you know the bigger markets that you're talking about like Idaho, Salt Lake City, uh, Phoenix, you know, Florida.
1: Well, the other thing I wanted to say is thank you. Uh, you guys were one of the first to commit to uh, our I Survive Real Estate sponsorship, so uh, I wanted to thank you personally for uh, for that. Also,
0: you bet. Well, that's actually on behalf of uh, the Collective Genius Mastermind Group. Uh, we're we're proud to be hosting Bruce as our keynote speaker coming up, and uh, yeah, it's the least we could do. We're excited not only to um, be financially supporting the event, but come along and gain from the wisdom that's going to be shared at that event. Uh, we're really excited, and thank you again.
1: Our pleasure. Well, Mark, I have enjoyed talking with you today. Really Thank have. You, Bruce. I think uh, you got a brilliant business model and you're doing a lot of good for a lot of people. So that's, that's really great.
0: Elevating communities and simplifying real estate. That's our two things. So we're <laughs> trying to do both at, at scale.
1: All right, Mark, have a great day.
0: Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate your time. Okay. Thanks, Mark. For more information on hard money loans and upcoming events with the Norris Group, check out thenorrisgroup.com. For information on passive investing with trust deeds, visit tngtrustdeeds.com. The Norris Group originates and services loans in California and Florida under California DRE
1: License 01219911, Florida Mortgage Lender License 1577, and NMLS License 1623669. For
0: more information on hard money lending, go to the and click the hard money tab.